You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Everybody, another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. We are super excited to welcome everybody into our live show, to the podcast, to our YouTube channel here on signing day. Uh, and we're just going to get rolling. We've got a ton of the 2024 signees here with you guys um, that are going to come on in. And to start, we have Auburn's quarterback commitment making another return appearance on the show. And Walker White, thank you so much for for hopping on here today, man. I guess the uh, what does it feel like finally to put uh, put pen to paper and uh, and get this thing over with? Heck yeah, it feels good. It feels great. Um, you know, just this whole day, you know, signing um, it felt felt great. You know, um, making it official and um, officially becoming an Auburn Tiger in front of all the people that I love and um, have grown up with. And so it was a it was a special day, and it's definitely relaxing now. I can just uh, continue to go work and. Um, to get ready for when I get there in January, but uh, it's definitely a weight off the shoulders. We've got Auburn D-line uh, signee now. It's going to take a while to not say commit. Malik Blockton, <laughs> um, he's already been going through practices. Walker, for you, it was a quick process in terms of visiting Auburn once, finding Auburn and kind of quickly committing. Malik, for you, Auburn has been in the picture for a long time. You've been at probably every Auburn home game over the past two years at least, <laughs> yes, and more home games before that. What's it like to What's it like to have it done, and not only have it done, but you're already going through bowl practices now? How's that been? I mean, it's been really amazing. It's really a blessing because, like, I grew up wanting to play for Auburn. Like, I'm an Auburn fan, and just for me to be playing and practicing at Auburn, it's kind of surreal to me. Yeah, for you, you guys, I mean, this is you're now. I mean, you, you've been talking about being teammates, but now you're this, actually teammates. What's it What's it feel like to to not have to go recruiting these other guys. I mean, you're in. I mean, there's still some other guys out there to recruit, but mm-hmm. what's it feel like to, to have this done and to go, hey, hey, Walker, in a few weeks you'll be here. You'll be one of those guys that will be here working out, doing all that stuff. What's it feel like for you guys to now be officially teammates? Oh, oh I feel good to be officially teammates because, um, I mean, Walker, he he really like a leader. Like, I, seen, I, I got a chance to see him play in person. 
and it was just amazing to to have that being brought to Arbor. It, like it's a real good upside to Arbor. For sure, yeah, I'll, I'll carry off of that. Um, I think this this class and uh, this twenty four class specifically, we have all grown so much in relationship. There, there's Cam. What's up, bro? And oh. we we've all you know we we enjoy being around each other and we enjoy each other's presence. Just the other day. Uh, you know, Cam, Cam just joined on, but Cam and Perry and Malcolm were—they were on the indoor racing each other. Now we still don't know who won, but at the end of the day, like we're, we enjoy being around each other. So just to finally and officially be each other's teammates, fires me up because I'll, I'll be surrounded. And we'll all be surrounded by so so much talent. So I'm just excited to uh, get better just just by my my own teammates. Cam, what has this process kind of been like for you to get here to signing day? You obviously had to come over a little bit later after committing elsewhere and then ending up here, but now you're an Auburn Tiger and you, you join probably the best wide receiver class in the country alongside Perry and Bryce and Malcolm and maybe one more later on. Man, it feels great, man. I can't even describe how I feel right now. Um, even though I feel like I, I just joined the family, it feels like I've been a part of the forever system beginning of my recruiting process because y'all Auburn they never they never stopped showing me love. Walker never stopped stopped getting in touch with me. Even when I commit to Texas A&M, he will still text me. I want to be your teammate. I want to throw to you and he just never showed he just kept showing consistency and so did other uh, other receivers. Yeah I, 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 we talked I talked to you you know a couple of days ago about Coach Freeze and Marcus Davis and how they just kept coming after you. But how important was it for guys like this to keep coming after you for these players to go, hey Bro, we want you. I know you're committed elsewhere, but but come join us. How, how important was that for you as you were trying to kind of really uh, to kind of decipher it and, and get through everything? Oh, uh, it was very important because at the end of the day, um, those are my those are gonna be my teammates in, in, in the end of the day, and those are my brothers for life. So like, really, the uh, it shows they want a relationship and build a relationship with each other, and it, it really shows the bond that we're gonna have as brothers. Walker, I guess for you, um, what's it like knowing that you have Cam, you have Perry, you have Bryce, you have Malcolm, you've got all those guys now to throw it to? Man, it's def- it's definitely uh, it's firing me up. You know, I'm I'm having to grab, you know, the college guys that I know here in Little Rock, so I, so I can throw at them and somewhat get acclimated. You know, I'm throwing with these college guys, and I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to get acclimated to this speed. But even then, yeah, I'm going to have to get so many reps with guys like Cam, uh, Bryce Perry, and Malcolm uh, just because they're, they're so freaking fast and quick. And so, uh, you know, it's it fires me up to be uh, and have that opportunity to throw to guys, these elite receivers. Um, and I, I can't wait for, honestly, them to see uh, what I can do because they've never really seen me throw. I know Malik uh, saw me throw, and I've thrown with Bryce once. But I'm just excited for us to – figure each other's uh, skills and strengths and weaknesses out and uh, make each other better. It's going to be so much fun. Malik, what, what was it like to, to put on the helmet and jersey, even though it was practice, and, and, mm-hmm. and do it not for a photo shoot, but do it for real today? I mean, it felt good. I mean, they didn't really have all my stuff ready today. kind of had me late for practice. But, I mean, it was all worth it when I got out there. Like, it was really fun. Coach Gary, he – he better than what I expected. Like he really, he really like slowed it down, made sure I learned everything. And I've been talking with Keldrick, learning the plays. And I mean, I just love Arbor. Like, it's just it's just been a fun experience for me so far. 
Malik, you're one of the first ones to hop in here. So we'll let you get out of here in a second. For yeah. those of you that are watching live and those that are watching later, make sure you follow Malik on Instagram at Reaper Malik and on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it at Malik Blockton. We appreciate, and we'll plug everybody else as well, but we appreciate y'all hopping in Malik for you just to wrap it up. Kind of what's your message to the fans? Um, I mean, you can't play in the bowl game, but you're getting ready with those guys and getting ready for next season. Everybody's fired up for next year. Yes, sir. Um, my message to Auburn is, like, y'all going to get the best out of me for the next three to four years. Like, I'm going to give y'all everything I got. I'm not going nowhere. I mean, this is where I want to be. Yeah. I'm going to give y'all everything I got. Perfect. Thanks, Malik. I feel like we've interviewed you the, definitely the most out of the 2024 guys. I feel like we've interviewed you. 30 times now. <laughs> I think me and Malik, I think I talked to him the first time when he was in the ninth grade, I believe, right? Yes, sir. Yep. So it's been a long time coming and uh, a long time in the future, too. So we look forward to it, bud. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all. Yep. See you, Malik. Oh, there's Cam. Cam, Cam I got to ask you before we let you get out of here. Where did Indeed come from? That's your signature. That's That's Cam Coleman, synonymous with Cam Coleman. Where did Indeed come from? To be honest, um, I was trying to be different. So, like, really, like, it was, like instead of saying okay or, like, I don't know. Instead of saying okay, I was, like, indeed. And I just kept saying it. Kept, <laughs> it just came a part of my vocabulary. Like, and I don't even say okay. No, I just keep saying indeed. And <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's just become it's become a thing, right? Yeah, I was in class. I was in class. I think my teacher was talking to me. I was like, okay, indeed. I was like, oh, I'm going to start saying it. <laughs> when how important is it for you guys i guess walker first and then cam to be together and, and and have a spring and and to start working together walker you said you thrown the bryce a little bit but to have guys on campus and to be able to go through the spring how valuable is that going to be moving forward yeah it's going to be huge i mean at the end of the day uh the your connection that you have with your receivers is so important and so it's just going to be reps after reps and uh, throwing ROA in the indoor, just uh, me inviting guys like um, me inviting my receivers to the indoor, you know, outside of practice or outside of workouts and just getting those extra reps because um, at an elite level um, in a conference like the SEC, you have, you have to have the perfect timing. You have to have the perfect connection uh, just so you can have um, success on the field. Um, and so it's going to be, it's going to be really important, but it's going to be, a blast, you know, getting to work out with uh, Coach Dom, that dude. They, I think they call him the Viking. It's kind of funny. But um, it's going to be fun being able to work with Coach Dom and all this uh, the strength staff and just getting bigger, faster, stronger, uh, being able to work under uh, Coach Freeze, Coach Austin, Coach Stone, and Coach Montgomery. Like all those guys have so much experience. So personally for me and the quarterback uh, standpoint, you know, I'm just very excited to learn more about the game um, and like the knowledge – of the game, learning defenses, fronts, coverages. Um, so I'm, I'm pumped for that, but I just can't wait to uh, get up there and start working. Cam, for you, and then we'll let you, uh, we'll let y'all both get out of here and we'll talk with Kensley. Oh, I'm going to piggyback off what Walker said. It was about the timing, we had, I'm ready, I'm ready, very excited to build the chemistry with uh, Walker. I have yet to Get the ball, but there's gonna be plenty of balls that we run all rocks on there that we just come pick up the timing, pick up the chemistry, and this is really just I'm just very excited to get stronger. We'll call it Shadam and really this is string staff. I'm ready to get better. Cam, one question from the chat actually: wearing number eight next year? 
uh, that's the plan. I'm going to work for my, I'm going to go in there, work for my number. and We're going to see what it, we're going to see. All right. We appreciate y'all um, for everyone that's watching live and listening later, follow Walker on Instagram at Walker underscore white 14 on Twitter, Walker underscore white five Walker. We'll see you in a couple weeks in San Antonio. And then cam, you can follow him on Instagram at cam Coleman and on Twitter at cam Coleman 12 cam. Jason won't be there. He'll be in Nashville for the bowl game, but I'll see you down in Orlando for the uh, Under Armour all American game here. And I guess it's about a week now. Yeah. We can about next, next week. Crazy. Yep. yep. Yeah, time hey flies. Congrats, good luck, and uh, we'll we'll see y'all soon. Indeed. See you, Cam. See you, Kinsley. There he is. All right, Kinsley. You, how's it feel? How's it feel to have it done and be, be signed and and uh, to to not have to worry about the recruiting process any longer? Uh, it feels great, just a uh, relief and all that. It just feels great to be signed. Kenzie, you were you were really one of the first guys in this class. You joined pretty early in June. Um, I mean, there was Walker was before you and a couple other guys. But what was it for you where you saw the vision early on? And then how rewarding was it to kind of see the vision get fulfilled? You know, finishing with a top ten class there at the end. Um, just just knowing our coaching staff is going to work hard and try to recruit the best. Knowing that uh, the history of Coach Freeze and what he does and we're recruiting, we knew that um, if we get like a good amount that everybody's going to start start getting aboard and just come with us. How, when you watch them this this season, were you were you paying close attention to a guy like Jalen Simpson? Do you feel like that's a, a kind of a spot and a style of play that kind of fits what you would bring to the table when you get to Auburn? Um, yeah, um, I pay attention to all of them, like Keontae, Jalen. Um, I just um, – I really don't pick one. I just pay attention to the whole defense because I – I um, myself like I could do everything. I could play corner, slot corner, um, safety. So I just pay attention to all of them to make sure that I learn all of them and to get on the field early. And yeah, where do you, where do you think you'll start out? Do you know? Do you have any idea, or do you think it'll be hey wherever you know you kind of kind of move around some and see what the best fit is in the defense? Uh, I'll say whatever whatever is the best fit for the defense. Uh, Kensley just. Talk about your relationship with some of these guys on the Auburn staff and how much that's grown before committing, you know, getting offered in the spring and then committing and whatnot with Coach Zach, Coach Crime, Coach Freeze, all those guys. Um, just the relationship is great. Uh, Coach Zach, he makes sure to check up on me every day, keep in contact. And then another person that, like, y'all probably wouldn't know is Keontae Scott. Like, my, like, I'll say he's probably what, one of the main reasons why I committed because the relationship with him was great. He kept it real with me and just everything like, I could ask for. All I asked for was the honest, and he kept it real with me. And that's how Coach Zach and the rest of the coaching staff did. So that's probably one of the main reasons why I committed there. How, how big is it to have Keontae coming back? When you know, I talked to, to Jamonta Waller, and he said, hey, he loved it that um, Jalen McLeod was coming back. It would give him that guy to kind of be a mentor with. Is that the same thing for you and Keontae, to have him coming back for a year? Is that big for you to be able to kind of kind of follow in and kind of maybe learn how yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's a huge opportunity because I feel like I could learn from him and um probably take just look at look at him as a big brother and just keep learning from him and then break down film with him, everything. I just feel like our relationship is great. So I feel like I could learn from him and then we could relate on some stuff too. Who, when it, I know this is sometimes it, it gets lost because guys say, hey, I'm kind of my own guy. Is there a guy that when you've watched growing up or – when you watch the last few years or watch now that you go, 
that I kind of pattern my, my game after that guy, or is this just you being who you are and this is the way you play? Um, I would say um, um, I would say there's not really a person that I could model my game after because um, I feel like I'm a, a one of a kind because I could do everything. But I feel like I I'll grab small pieces of everybody's game, just like uh, one of my favorite safeties, Ed Reed. But um, I feel like I could do I'm a ball hawk like him. And I could tackle like Brian Dawkins, and I could cover like one of the best corners, like um, I'll say Charles Woodson. I could cover like Charles Woodson. So I feel like it's not someone that I really um, model my game after. I just try, try to grab small pieces from everybody and connect it to my game because I don't want to be like nobody else. I just want to be myself. Kensley, just oh, go yeah, ahead. So Jason. What's the what, what's the focus for you between now and and when you get on campus, what what's the focus point for you? And then heading into that first year, is there anything you say, hey, I need, I really want to get this done. I want to do this before I get ready for my first season. Um, I just got to get the playbook down. I'm, the main focus right now is getting used to the speed, getting used to uh, the whole lot of different coverages. Because I know once I get the coverages down and like the scheme, everything like that, that I'm gonna get on the field because it's gonna be hard to hold me back because I could play any position. So once I feel like I can master two position, then I I should get on the field. Kenzie, I got a chance to talk with you a couple weeks ago about getting named to the All American Bowl. Now we know who all is gonna be there. It's you, Demarcus Riddick, DeAndre Carter, uh, Walker White, uh, Amaris Williams. I think that wraps up the group of Auburn guys that'll be there. Just how excited are you to play in that game and? be able to build a bond with some of these other Auburn guys out there in San Antonio before getting on campus? Um, I'm excited. Um, I could see, like, um, where my team is at, how we going to head into the spring, how we going to head into the regular season, just just, uh, just to play a game together and before we go to the regular season, just a blessing. Kensley, really appreciate you hopping on. I think we'll wrap it up there so that way you can get on with the rest of your night. For everybody that's watching and listening later, make sure to follow Kensley on Instagram at k.fost3 um, and on Twitter at Faustin Kensley. Kensley, really appreciate it, man, and we'll see you in San Antonio here in a couple weeks. Okay, no problem. Thank you. Thanks, Kensley. Appreciate it. Yep. That's that's a way to start. Uh, that's that's uh, indeed that was a, a fun start indeed to the to this uh, to the show, but. Um, you can it, talking to those guys, you get a sense of the excitement, and we've seen it kind of building. We saw it today, and I mean, it's a it's a top ten class. I think what it, it may be up to seven now. It's seven it's after Florida State lost uh, Armando Blunt to Miami. Yeah, yep. yeah, it, it's it's up to seven, and so it's the the number seven class in the country. And uh, I mean, we've been talking about it for for you know a couple of months now. What's the possibilities? Where could this class get to? And I think even in our wildest our wildest thoughts, we were like, you, you might get to that that top ten, but to get to seven and still have the possibility to to, to grow a little more, that's pretty darn impressive. Well, and here's the thing too, you're seven and you've signed what nineteen? I think it's nineteen yeah. off the top. Yeah, you've signed nineteen and you're at seven. Well, I I would need to look at the numbers, but I would guess that Auburn is the highest ranked team at, at that number in terms of number of commits. I know they're ahead of some teams that have 25, 26 guys. There's a ton of talent from top to bottom in this class. Not only did you raise the ceiling of the classes, number five in average player rating from Jay in the chat. Thank you. Not only did you raise the ceiling of the class in getting really high end talent in five stars, you raised the floor as well. 
it was a complete boost in terms of talent level for Auburn's class. And, you know, we talked with Hugh Freeze today. He said the goal was to get top 10. Right now there's seven. Still a couple names out there as well that could boost it up, and we'll just have to see what happens with them. But overall, it's it's hard for you to view 2024 signing day and Auburn's 2024 signing class as anything but a pretty big success. Nathan, yeah. just yeah. – I think back to – well, like you're saying, Christian, like it's – this is obviously the day to look at these individual kids and what they're going to bring and hear about their stories. Um, but I, I just kind of, you know, thinking for a second and Jason kind of mentioned it, the zoomed out view of the beginning of this thing. And it's important, I think, keep that perspective that we said, I mean, I, it, it might've been just a few months ago that we were having conversations like, Hey, top 13 ish, 12 ish class would be really, really good for them in, in 24 then it seems like you definitely, you know, you definitely have a good shot at top 10 in 2025, but freeze laid out the blueprint today. And Jason, it's something he said, you know, he had that ESPN interview shortly after he got hired where he joked, he was like, look, if, if we're not recruiting at a top 10 level in the next couple of years, I probably won't be here. Um, he knew how quickly they needed to turn this thing around. And like Christian said, and me, me and Christian were talking about it today. You just look at the quality, even down to the bottom of their recruiting class. Like, DJ Barber is near the bottom of this recruiting class. That, dude, they, that is like, a good football player there at the bottom. Like, yeah. Um, and so it's yeah, it's 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 a it's a completely different feeling. And not to not to harp too much on, on the recruiting under Brian Harson, but it's just a completely different feeling from top to bottom because then you go to look at the top and it's like these are these are top one hundred, top fifty, just elite players there at the top. We just talked to talked to one of them in Cam Coleman. And obviously that receiver group is is a big reason why they are where they are right now. Yeah, no. I, I, to me, the thing that that jumps out is is we're still twelve months and some change from the staff taking over, and to to think about what this roster will look like when they take the field. Was it August thirty first? Is that the first game next year? I think to so. Think about, think about the the talent level of the roster on on August thirty first of 2024 as compared to what it was um you know it in january i mean you know december 1st of 2022 is astronomical to think about the job that's been done we've already seen it on on you know just to get to to what they were able to do this season how much work had to be done and now you add more to it and there's still gonna be more pieces to it i would guess between now and by the time they get on the field in August, that there'll be four or five more pieces, whether it be transfer or high school or whatever. I think there'll be four or five more pieces to, to this group um, before they're done. And um, just to, to look at, at what they've done is is pretty remarkable. And yeah, this class is a centerpiece class. And <clears throat> yeah, I think if, if we're being honest, it may not be the best class that they bring in uh, because this group right here, they know the importance of going out and signing top talent. And here's what they also will tell you. They'll tell you, hey, look, we're going to try to get somebody better next year. That's what you have to do. That's how you have to do this thing. And uh, I think this is a group that can go out and challenge that anyway. For those that are watching, we'll have a couple more guests still hopping on. We've got wheels churning behind the scenes a little bit. I think Amaris Williams is hopefully hopping back on in a second. He was on before the show and then his phone died. Um, the first guy, the OG commit, Amon Lane Gaines, is hoping to hop on. I think Jamonte Waller is in the pipeline as well. Seth Wilford might be on. 
maybe a couple other guys as well. So we're trying to cook some things up for yeah, y'all. Monte said his family was taking him out for a celebration dinner, so he he had to uh, excuse himself. I said that's that's just fine. You go. That is it. yes, that is very unacceptable. acceptable. Unacceptable, honestly. <laughs> to enjoy your day on signing day, I mean, wow, no, and not spend it over at Auburn. Yeah, we actually we actually had Amaris in here before we got rolling. It was just me and Christian and Amaris, and he was like, "Guys, my phone's about to die." And then me and Christian said, all right, well, let's, why don't we get this thing started? It was about five minutes early. Why don't we get this thing rolling? And I'm glad I didn't hit start because his, he just popped off the screen. So I was like, well, that must be, that must be the phone gone. Um, Christian, what do you, do you want to, you want to roll through the, the signees? Maybe yeah. I've got your meet the class story um, pulled up. We can maybe, we can maybe roll through these guys because we're going to be going here for a while and uh, I can kind of touch on each of them and, um, and you and Jason can kind of give me your take on each of these guys. Um, I will start in reverse here on the back end. Um, so you kind of went in position order. Um, Juco guy, Laquan Robinson, there at safety, going to be an early enrollee. Um, Christian, you and I were talking about him today. Number one Juco safety in the country. That's a guy that, look, Zompuck had already said he's going to, you know, he's, I don't think he'll get drafted, but he's moving on to the pros after this. We know Jalen Simpson is going pro. That's two vacant starting safety spots. They feel pretty good about Laquan Robinson being able to to compete for one of those spots. Yeah, I'm going to let Jason touch on this one actually because Jason covered him a couple of years ago when he originally had his high school career in Alabama. Yeah, yeah played from Greenville High School, so this is a kid that's familiar with Auburn. Um, you know, 45 minutes or so um, from his hometown. I actually saw him play Pike Road in Malik when Malik was probably a sophomore, I would think. Um, saw them play over Pike Road, and Laquan Robinson is extremely athletic, very talented. Um, guy that can get downhill in a hurry. And I think a guy that when you think about junior college player, you think about a um, guy that's matured, physical. Um, and, and now you, you think about taking that to another step because you go from high school to junior college, and there you go. It's it's about double that leap to now get to the Southeastern Conference. But you get a guy that will have a chance to come in early and, and you know kind of get started, get get ready to – to, to see if he can and push for playing time. And I think that's the expectation when you sign a, a, a you know a junior college guy that's been out for a couple of years. Uh, staying at safety, I'll, I'll leave it with you here, Jason, on on Caleb Harris, um, because I know that's somebody you're really high on as being. You know, we talk about players near the bottom in terms of where they're rated, but I know you're high on his ability to, to well, perform at the college level. I think me and Christian both love Caleb Harris, when we, especially watching him this season. Um, we saw him early last year had a cast on his hand and was having to play with injuries, had some shoulder issues, but he gets downhill really athletic. And I, the thing that jumped out to me about Caleb Harris this year is he was returning kickoffs at Thompson. And you think about all the skill guys and the little guys that are fast, all those guys, Caleb Harris was their kickoff return guy. Um, that shows you a taste of that athleticism. And I said it when we saw him play Clay Chalkle. I said, I think he is going to be, a Eugene Asante type of player, maybe before it's over with. I think he can wind up being that star linebacker, a uh, guy that can play in the box, maybe can can play some, you know, do some stuff in the slot. But he's a versatile guy, and I think he's going to be a good player. Christian, you mentioned him on Lane Gannis. Um, that's that's the day one. That's the day one in this in this group of guy who went through it, uh, and it was big. I think that they kept Zach Etheridge. Around, but look, he he could have had a lot of opportunities when change came in this in this program, and he decided to stick through it. A, a four star 
composite cornerback that I know you guys you you guys think the world of him and his character and who he, who he is as a person and uh, and I know you're excited to see him get on the field too. Yeah, I mean it was it was last July, Jason, a couple of weeks before he committed during Big Cat weekend, we drove up to Moody to see him at his school, get everything ready for that ceremony, talk to him, talk to his dad, Jake Gaines, the head coach there at Moody, and it was uh it was only last July, but it feels like it was about 5 years ago from everything that's happened at Auburn. Uh, but he's he's stayed totally loyal through the whole process. Probably going to be a nickel in this defense. I think that's probably where he fits best. Um, this is a guy that you know Zach Etheridge obviously really liked. Coach Crime came in, and Coach Crime liked him as well. Um, and you know they decided this is a guy that we want to keep in the class. When he first committed, LSU was in the mix. I don't know who else ended up really being in the mix after that because he was so loyal to Auburn. I just don't think he ever really looked elsewhere because he didn't feel like he needed to. He might not have been the most vocal of guys in terms of peer recruiting on Twitter, but he did quite a bit of that. And his loyalty, you know, I asked Hugh Freeze about that earlier today. His loyalty can't really be overstated. Rarely do you have guys that commit that early on and end up sticking, especially when you talk about going through a coaching change. Yes, his position coach stuck, but still, he was a guy that, you know, Brian Harson did actually, as surprising as it is, did actually recruit him. And said, hey, we want you to lead the, the 2024 class. And he did that. And he led it to the end. And now he's a big part of that for Hugh Freeze and this staff. And we just had him on here. Uh, Jason now going up to Kensley Faustin, who is from Naples, Florida. Um, another guy who is, when you look at his tape and his qualities that he brings to the table. From uh, I thought I, I, Again, you talked about his confidence and uh, how excited he was. <laughs> Comparing himself to all those great players, but he's but he made a lot of plays. That's just what he did. He was just a he was a ball hawk. hawk. I, I hate I hate to mention the guy that he mentioned because it's the first guy that comes to mind when I think about him. But Ed Reed's the first guy that comes to mind when I think about Kinsley. When I think about the guy that you look at and goes not the not the biggest guy. He's not six three. He doesn't look like Sean Taylor did, but all he does is make plays, and he can make plays when the ball gets in his hands too. And so, um, man, if you just just kind of scratch the, the surface of what Ed Reed was, then you, you're still going to be pretty darn good. And so um, that's the guy that always comes to mind when I think about him because of, you know, the, you know, the, the build, um, you know, kind of the, the way he looks and the way he makes plays. And so you know, if you're Auburn, you go, hey, if you were to, to, to get anything close to an Ed Reed, you'd feel pretty, pretty good. Still rolling through the defensive backs, Christian Aguay and Jalen Crawford. That uh, I thought the uh, the Jay Island uh, moniker that that uh, Andy gave him in those. By the way, that was super cool. I don't know what you guys thought of the little graphic things. Super cool idea. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that's just that's the kind of guy that Auburn hopes he is going to become. Just a you know lengthy and athletic cornerback on the outside. I know you you, you guys saw him play a couple of times. What are your impressions of, of Jay Crawford? Yeah, you know Jason, and I went to go and see him the first game of the season this fall. Um, Parkview playing against Kell, I think, on a Wednesday night. Um, and we came away from that game thinking that Jalen Crawford could be a lot of different things for this Auburn secondary, to be honest. He was recruited as a cornerback. I think he can definitely play as a cornerback. I think he has the tools to slide inside and play as a nickel or a star. I think that might honestly be his best spot. Um, and I think he could, you know, Jason, this was this was your take, so I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to steal it. But I think he could be a Jalen Simpson type guy. I really do. Yeah, I, I think he has the ability to do that. And, and Jalen Simpson was a guy that was a corner first and was, you know, it's like, oh, he's not quite big enough to be a safety. And, and Jalen Crawford, again, is not the, the, the big, huge, big body guy. 
But now in, in the way you have to play defense, you have to be able to cover no matter what position you play. And if you can get a long guy like that that can play safety and can cover some ground, then it makes the defense much better. So, I, I mean, I think Jalen Crawford's a guy that could, could easily slide back and maybe be one of those guys that plays. Because, I mean, Jalen Simpson playing safety it did not feel like it's a guy that – I mean, he felt more like a corner that played safety. That's the kind of way he plays the game. Jalen – I mean, Jalen Crawford could be a similar type player. Yeah, a guy that we talked about earlier, um, DJ Barber, who – made one of the best plays I've seen in a state championship game in a long time. Um, if, if, if y'all don't know, Clay Chalkville, that's, that's, that'd be the 6A. It was a 6A yep. state title game. Correct. He tackles KJ Lacey in the open field. It's the final play of the game. Got to score a touchdown. He scrambled and looks like he has a good angle. Um, and all of a sudden, DJ Barber just comes out of nowhere and, and, uh, and knocks him down for the, for the game-winning play. Christian, again, a guy that is kind of, I mean, lower down in the class, but then you go watch him and it's just super productive linebacker. Um, even even down to the neck roll that he wears, he just sort of screams middle linebacker um, to use sort of a shorter, stockier, more more powerful type guy. What what were your impressions from from watching him in his recruitment? Yeah, I mean, he's a really, really good player. And Auburn feels the same way about it. Um, you know, we were told by some people, keep him as the lowest rated guy. We want to make sure we hold on to that guy. We don't want, we don't want the extra pressure there. We love him. We're absolutely psyched to have him. Um, and uh, now Auburn does have him. You know, you mentioned that play in the state title game. That was the highlight um, on Instagram when they post his sign in. They posted like one highlight for every single guy at the very end. That was his highlight, fittingly. Winning the 6A title game, Jason, we got a chance to talk with him afterwards. He said, he was saying, I'm, I'm just on that last drive. Someone throw it my way. Run it my way, please. And it didn't really go his way but he found a way to be in the way of KJ Lacey there on the final play. And it was a really impressive tackle. Saw him a couple times, really impressive. He's not the biggest guy necessarily. When you see him in person, you're kind of like, I don't know. And then you get closer, especially in pads and a helmet and you see him play extremely physical and you see a guy that's pretty similar to Deshaun Davis. Yeah. Yeah. He walks through because um, he's already been on campus and he wasn't around today. But he's already been on campus and, and around the team as, as a guy that's going through some bowl stuff and he walked through and had a, I think, a cutoff shirt on one day. And somebody said, hold up, is that uh, they, they didn't recognize DJ Barber because they had not seen him where you could see his arms and see how strong he is and how, how broad his shoulders are. Um, the, that's the thing. Yeah. I've kind of used that KJ Britt comparison to him. Deshaun Davis is another one that comes up for him. But yeah, he's one of those guys when you see him on the field, you look at him and go, Man, he might be five nine, five ten. And then you stand next to him and you go, No, he's 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 a little taller than that, but he's so wide, but he, he carries it really well. He's just an athletic guy. So he's got it probably thirty years ago would be a guy that would be a lead fullback for some team because of the athleticism and, and a guy the way he plays. But he's a guy that's going to be a, a you know kind of that headhunter middle linebacker, and he his mentality is exactly what you want out of a middle linebacker. He just exudes and screams confidence, not necessarily loud confidence. It's a quiet confidence. You know, he walked into the building for bowl practice when we saw him the other day, and he just he strolled in like he's been there for three years, like he's a senior. He strolled in like it was another day, and I think it was his first day there. He just has a quiet confidence to him. But he's a, he's a leader out there on the field. But in terms of his personality, it's just a quiet confidence. 
Uh, if you guys want here, we can sort of take a pit stop because um, I've seen a bunch of these questions talking about the class. Um, this one here, it just it's, everyone's kind of had similar questions um, from Efficient Gaming on our YouTube stream. I really want to know who is left for us to get slash flip. Who do we think have a real shot with? Um, LJ McCray, the five-star defensive lineman from Florida is the one we sort of exited today. And we're thinking, mm, you know, Auburn, he, he pushed back his commitment. He pushed back his signing. From today, he ended up sticking with Florida. K.J. Bolden was the other one that Auburn had an eye on today. And look, Freeze, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, was seemed to be mentioning him today when he said we felt like one of these other guys was was coming a couple days ago then, then decided to go the other way. He flips from Florida State to Georgia. So, Christian, you know, f- within the next couple days of still the early signing period, February we'll get to, but that's – that's sort of a whole different beast. We're talking about the early signing period here. Who are you going to be watching for for Auburn to possibly add to the class within the next couple of days? Yeah, if you're talking strictly high school guys, there's really only two, and they're both along the offensive line. One is Cohen Eccles, the interior offensive lineman from Katy, Texas. Auburn has been battling LSU. Um, as of later today, seems like LSU has taken the lead. I switched my crystal ball there to LSU for Cohen Eccles, which would be a tough blow on the trail after all the work that Auburn has put in, but Sometimes things just don't necessarily go your way. He won't actually announce anything until Friday, so you do still have some time there. And then the other one, Jason, is favorite Edwin, which has been whew, it's, it's been kind of a roller coaster process. It has felt like for a long time Auburn had him, and it, it was it was right there, and it felt like Auburn was going to get him in the class, and it was going to be any second. Um, and we were ready, and we had stuff ready. You know, we were we were prepared, and it never really happened. Um, and part of that was because Florida was pushing for him to not um, commit to Auburn at that point. And then it felt like Auburn was going to get him again. And then he slowed down again because of Alabama. And now we're still in that holding process where it's Auburn and Alabama and Florida all kind of fighting to get his signature. He had planned to sign on Wednesday and it's seven 30 at night um, central time now on Wednesday and still no signature from him as all three of those schools are still making calls to him talking with him, trying to get his signature. Um, As of later this afternoon, we were told that Alabama has faded out of it a little bit more, um, and it seems like it's down to Auburn and Florida. I guess I would maybe pick Florida. I I don't really know. It's bounced back and forth so many times now to the point where I just don't know necessarily what to do in that recruitment and who to pick. Yeah, um, I've kind of always leaned towards – the relationship side of things for him because of Colton hood and because, you know, Colton Hood's a guy that really talked him into playing football for the first time. Something we found out this summer and made a couple of his visits that comfort level has been there. Um, you know, I, I don't believe he's a guy that, that is going to be ready to play college football, you know, step on campus. I don't think playing time is going to be a factor or should be a factor for a guy that's only played you know football for two years, period. It's not like he's only played, you know, the last two years here, like he's only played football for two years, period. This is a Prince Tega want to go junior kind of situation where you think about red shirt, maybe that second year you start to kind of get a little feel for it and, and, and those kind of things. And that's kind of, I think, what Auburn is going to look, hey, we're going to we're gonna be ready for you in a couple of years. That's kind of, the, that's kind of where we envision you. Um, so that's one that I, I think that Auburn's still right there, but, you're right. There's no telling because you just don't really know because there's so it's such an unfamiliar position for a family and, and for a kid. It's not like he's been watching teammates go through this for years 
and or had an older brother that's gone through it and knows how this is just kind of uh, uncharted uncharted waters yeah i put in uh alabama crystal ball i guess it was probably a week or so a week and a half ago whatever it was and i was thinking about changing that to florida today but i just for me there's there's no point in changing my crystal ball at this point i just it, it kind of feels like a goose chase a little bit and i'm just not really sure where where the next step will lead um still expect him to sign during this early signing period but We'll see what happens. Um, and then the last guy in terms of high school guys to be watching out for through this 2024 cycle is five-star wide receiver Ryan Williams, who is currently committed to Alabama out of Saraland, um, recently reclassified from 2025 up to 2024, still retained his five-star status, the number 10 player in the country. He's been committed to Alabama for a long time, but Auburn has really been the main team trying to pull a flip. You know, Texas is in there. LSU is in there as well. Um, I think George is in the mix a little bit as well, but it really doesn't feel like he's going to leave the state. Um, and he's planning to sign on his birthday on February 9th. So we've got a little bit of time to decompress after this, catch our breath. Uh, Jason, we'll hit the road. And then uh, then the Ryan Williams sweepstakes will start. Now, the transfer stuff, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think it has to even be during the sign-in period for transfers to go through. They can pretty much do whatever they want to. That's correct. They can, they can, yeah, they can do anything. They can make a decision, and, and Auburn can basically, yeah, they could announce it. I think after this. So, um, I mean, obviously, AJ Harris is one that everybody's kind of following. Um, you know, former five star um, from Glenwood School, Central Phoenix City, was at Georgia last year as a true freshman. That's a guy that everybody's kind of watching. A DB that could do multiple things. He could play multiple positions, and so that's one that everybody's paying attention to. And then you start to go, uh, I don't believe wide receiver right now because of Ryan Williams. I think you go like, hey, let's, let's see, let's try to get try to get the guy you want and and, and enroll with him, um, you know, in February. But I think the offensive line, I think that's the one spot. We saw a new offer there. today. Yep, had a new offer today. Um, Josh Miller, Joshua Miller, uh, that played at George last year, true freshman as, as an offensive tackle and big kid, athletic kid. Um, you know, that's the kind of guy that fits the mold of what they would be looking for, in my opinion. You know, a guy that's athletic enough to go come into play and do some of those things, but still gives you a little bit of growth and and future development on the offensive line. And so, um, I think I think you know probably one of each one guard or or one guard tackle and a true tackle. I think that would be the kind of the ultimate combination. Yeah, well, if you got Joshua Miller, he's basically in addition to to the 2024 class again, basically. Yeah, because he's got class. Yeah. really the 2024 because he redshirted and he has four years. years of eligibility. So Yeah, kind of, kind of like that Dylan Cinder role that you just did already. Um, now you bring in a junior college tackle. You've got Tyler Johnson that's, a, that's you know, a, you know, a redshirt freshman. That would give you, the, again, the makings of that group. And we've heard good things. Obviously, we've seen Connor Lee. We've heard good things about Braden Joyner and E.J. Harris, some of these young guys on that offensive line to start to build that next seven, eight, nine group of rotation that you want is, uh, is, is, you know, they're getting pretty close to that. If you can add a couple more pieces. Yeah. Offensive line was the one that freeze mentioned today. It, it feels like their board has done a little uh, shaken up. I don't know if reset is the right word, but he said what we've been reporting. He said, it, he said it exactly. He said there were two guys we wanted and they went elsewhere. We know that to be, Vinny Scurry from uh, Toledo. That was their guard that they were looking at. And then Fernando Carmona, because they want to move Dylan Wade to, to guard. 
Fernando Carmona was from San Jose State. They wanted him to be their tackle guy. Was Freeze mentioned a few days ago? They they couldn't even get those guys on campus, and that was sort of them, you know, having some frustrations about this whole transfer process. Maybe changing a little bit of their thinking when it comes to the transfer process. Of hey, if you want a guy on campus, and we saw that with look and Jamon Dumas Johnson, the the linebacker from Georgia, he signed with Kentucky today. But him and AJ Harris and the Duke linebacker, it was we want these guys, and we're going to get up on campus right now because we think they can. You know, we want them in the boat. Um, I've I'm I'm hesitating to be able to pronounce the Duke linebacker's name, Christian, but Dorian um, Mossy, I think Dorian Dorian Mossy was a guy that um, they added today, and we'll, I guess we'll touch on those transfers really quick. Jason, it was interesting. You know, I asked Freeze about the transfers. All three of them have really intriguing roles, I think. And they sort of changed the calculus a little bit of what those position groups um, look like. Starting with Dorian Mossy, he said that, look, he's a big physical middle linebacker guy. And Free said, look, you know, they've got good linebackers. They've got Eugene Asante. They've got Austin Keys. They don't have anybody who looks like him at that middle linebacker spot. And the, inter- the interesting thing about Mossy was that as Freeze is talking about him, he's saying they can move Cam Riley to an off-ball edge rusher kind of spot if they develop that that depth at linebacker uh gauge keys from kansas is there is their other transfer guy along the defensive side of the ball also a really intriguing player because he didn't have a ton of production this is fifth college season not a ton of production but he was a guy that look we got messages all over the place when he left kansas being like that's a dude that's a guy who has great tape um and freeze kind of mentioned it really quick off the ball they they want him to add some weight and become a pure interior guy um, who guy who can kind of play that three tech and then Robert Lewis from, from Georgia state and also an interesting guy because he played almost exclusively the slot in 2022. Then this season he played almost exclusively out of the slot. And so, um, you know, like you said, Jason, it, we're looking at offensive line moving forward, maybe AJ Harris, a guy, a guy at cornerback, we're obviously observing those positions, but these three transfer guys, I don't think their roles are super cut and dry right now. And that's why I'm interested to see, you know, kind of how they all fit into fit into the equation. Yeah, no, it's 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 an interesting group. You're right. Um, I think you know you start talking about linebacker and and go back and watch a little bit of Duke, and it's it's a classic, you know, big physical middle linebacker, and I think that's what they were looking for—an experienced guy that could come in and play and, and be another one of those leaders um, to to go along with a guy like Austin Keys, and so it gives you a really good one-two punch at that position. So I think that's a big deal for for this team. And you're right, it intrigues me a little bit to to hear. Hugh Freeze say, hey, maybe it allows you to slide Cam Riley to the Jack linebacker spot. I think that's that would be something fun to watch. I think it's it's kind of where I've always envisioned him, you know, winding up. And it, it just hasn't been able to get out there just yet because of the numbers at linebacker and they've had to have him there. But that's an intriguing one to me. Um, you know, Keys, you know, is, is a guy that, uh, you know, on defensive line, you start talking about, you know, Free said, "Hey, I want to get him a, a little bit bigger, but he's got a big frame. He's a, he was a big kid, and I think the thoughts of him and Keldrick Falk. Um, you know, you still got Jason Jones there. We've seen DJ Reed and saw him in practice today, and boy, he looks really good. And so you start thinking about how much can those guys develop when you talk about DJ Reed, and then Malik Blockman's already on campus. You get TJ Lindsay, you know, guys like that, and then obviously, uh, you know, Marish Williams." How much can those guys develop and how much can they help you in year one? Maybe if you get eight to 10 plays out of guys like that in year one, then that's massive in terms of building depth and keeping guys fresh for, for end of game situations. So 
I think it's a possibility, you know, coming out of that and wide receiver experience guy gives you another bite. I mean, they only have six scholarship wide receivers on campus for this bowl game. Um, he'll, he'll give you seven scholarship wide receivers for guys that aren't high school kids. And that's, uh, you know, that's not a huge group. So um, they want to have some, some possibilities and he'll give you some of that. Yes. That was what I was going to get to next, Nathan. I'm glad you got that. Where's Towns? Uh, you know, we're still trying to, we're still trying to figure that out um, in terms of where Towns Magoo, the Auburn high kicker is going to end up going. Um, it's down to Auburn and Ole Miss. He has visited Auburn quite a bit, obviously being from Auburn High. He visited Ole Miss this weekend. Both schools, to my knowledge, are offering him a preferred walk-on opportunity with NIL that would cover, you know, costs of uh, not being on scholarship and going through school. Uh, I don't, I can't say Ole Miss's plan, but I can say Auburn would then plan to put him on scholarship when Alex McPherson departs, whenever that may be. Auburn seems to think that Alex McPherson may be gone after one more year, after his redshirt sophomore year. Um, and that would be three seasons at Auburn. And he's been perfect so far in his Auburn career in terms of uh, extra points and field goals. And obviously his brother is in the NFL. So Auburn is hoping that they can get Towns Magoo um, there to kind of wrap things up. Um, there in the special teams. They obviously signed a couple of lawn snappers and J.R. Buckner and Keaton McNutt as well. Um, and so don't really know he's been going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with the decision all day. We, we expected something today. Didn't get anything quite yet on Towns Magoo. Um, Jason, maybe, you know, more than I do, but I, I don't really know anything besides the fact that he's still trying to figure out Auburn or Ole Miss. I think that's it. I'm, I'm messing him a couple of times and, and, um, pretty quiet right now. So I think there's a lot, probably a lot of conversations, a lot of thinking to be done right now for Towns. And so, um, you know, Whoever gets gets this kid is is going to have a kid that's going to be a, a dynamic, you know, you know, kicker and, and a guy. I think for Auburn, you're looking and going, hey, you're hoping it it fits what you've done over the course of the last really the last decade or more, you know, starting with you know Cody Parkey red shirting from West Byram and then you know Daniel Carlson red shirting Cody Parkey and Anders Carlson red shirting from Daniel Carlson Carlson. And then, you know, McPherson redshirting with, with Anders Carlson. They've had those situations. This one would be a, a shorter window because it would be a third-year guy. But I think they're hoping, hey, kind of continue that that run of guys. And uh, it's hard to argue with the success that Auburn's kicking has had. And I think that's a good selling point for Auburn. When you start looking at that run of guys that have come through here, and of course, the Carlson brothers are both kicking you know, in the NFL. Cody Park, you had his run in the NFL. And, um, you know, I think they feel like he's a guy that could be the next one of those guys. I wanted to touch on real quick before we go back to the list, um, just the offensive line outlook right now. Um, we can talk a little bit about DeAndre Carter and their, and Seth Wilford, their two offensive line pickups, Christian. But I think, you know, talking about Cohen Eccles and, and maybe Auburn not being able to to land him there, I guess just – the outlook that you see for, for this offensive line group right now, what you think of those two guys, um, just because we've had some questions here. I know people are people are anxious to, to to have high-level offensive linemen, but look, DeAndre Carter's the guy that, that Hugh Freeze said today feels like he can be an NFL-type player on the interior. Yeah, uh, DeAndre Carter, they had to go all the way across the country to go out there and get him uh, from California. Jake Thornton was working that one. So was area recruiter um, and tight ends coach Ben Agamawa as well. Those two guys went all the way out there to get him. They managed to get him after a uh, pretty quick process in terms of getting him in in June, 
back from Big Cat Weekend. That was where he silently committed and then made his move about a month later um, publicly. And then, you know, after that, it was Texas made a huge push to get him in the boat and try and flip him there. He went in for an official visit to Texas, was really, really considering it, but the Auburn staff was determined to hold on because they, Nathan, as you said, they view him really, really highly along the interior of the offensive line. Probably don't need him as a center with Connor Liu, at least locked up for the next two years. Um, but Hugh Freeze did say that he could see a future at center um, with DeAndre Carter. And, uh, you know, he's a summer enrollee guy, Jason, so probably not a guy that will get into the mix next year, maybe has a chance to be in the two deep. Um, you know, he'll get some playing time probably in some of those games, but don't think he necessarily is going to walk into a starting role, as some may think. Um, and then Seth Wilford, the Juco offensive tackle, We've talked talked about it before on this show. He is pretty much an extension of your high school recruiting class. He played one year out there at Snow College, so he's got four years to play three, meaning he can redshirt one year and he can play three years. That's what he's got left. Um, really, really athletic. Pretty much exactly what you're looking for at the tackle position in terms of being kind of the perfect frame. Um, still a young football player. He's originally from Nebraska, moved over to Bishop Gorman High School, the powerhouse in Nevada there, I think for his senior season, maybe a little before that, um, but he kind of got buried on the depth chart because it was a really, really talented high school. Um, and that's how he ended up at the Juco level. And very quickly, once he put some tape out there, Auburn figured out that that was a guy that they really wanted as kind of a gem in the class. Um, so Auburn does get him. I know there are people that are concerned about the offensive line recruiting as it kind of is setting up like Auburn will only add two guys. But after what we saw last year with Jake Thornton totally transforming that room, bringing 10 new guys in, you know, you're losing some of those guys in Gunner Britton um, and Avery Jones that were one year transfer guys, but he brought 10 guys in that room does not look as bad as you may think that it does. In fact, the future outlook of that room is pretty bright. Jason, we've talked about it a lot. There's a lot. It's looking much up. Better. Yeah. It's much, much better than it's been in years. Um, when, when you think about, you know, what they've done, I mean, we heard nothing but glowing stuff about Tyler Johnson in practices for the last four or five days. Dylan Senda is a guy that stepped up. Obviously we've seen Connor Lou. I mentioned DJ Harris, Braden Joyner is a guy that that's that has done some good things in that group as well. And I mean Tutal was a first year junior college guy. I mean they think okay he's just now kind of kind of figuring out who he is on that offensive line. But you know you got Jaden Muskrat and and Dylan Wade, the guys that'll that'll be back next year, the Tulsa transfers in there as well. And so you start putting those pieces together. And and all of a sudden you go that's a, that's that's a pretty good group to build around. Um, so I, I mean I think there are some things there. I didn't mention Jeremiah Wright uh, coming back as well. You got Tate Johnson in there that has experience and a guy that can play guard or center. So um, I think the key is the development of a guy like Tyler Johnson. To me, that's 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 where this one comes in because they're just basically throwing out their left tackle right now and saying, hey. Just, just swim. You, you go for it. And so far, he's been able to do some pretty good things. And so, um, yeah, it's the offensive line. Would you have loved to sign, you know, four four star guys in this class? Absolutely. There's just not that many of those guys to That's go around. I was going to say, if you look at the 2024 class, and we have said it from the beginning, it is a down year in terms of offensive line talent as a whole, and did not quite work out very well for Auburn in that situation. What does work out really, really well for Auburn is the 2025 class, especially in the Southeast, is absolutely loaded. We've already seen that with Auburn picking up Spencer Doland um, out of Athens, Alabama. feel like they could be pretty close to getting Tavares Dice out of Langston Hughes. 
Braden Jacobs is a guy out of Buford, Auburn Legacy that's been on campus quite a bit. Mal Waldrop from Central High School. You get Cam from Central this year. You like um, Auburn's chances maybe with Mal Waldrop again next year. There's a lot of guys that Auburn could get in 2025. You know, Auburn's already loading up on the D-line in 2025. They've got, what, three guys already? Jordan Crawford, Kalen Edwards, Malik Autry, plus Ja'Caleb Falk as an edge rusher. I think Auburn could load up on both line of uh, offensive line and defensive line next year, to be honest, in that class. So I really don't have too much concern in offensive line recruiting. I really don't. Um, I think Jake Thornton has proven what he could do already in both recruiting and his um, on-field production that we saw this year with a makeshift transfer portal heavy offensive line that really turned out pretty solid by the end of the year for Auburn. Uh, we can get back to the – let's see if we can get back to the so, – Someone brought his name up in the chat, Micah DeBose, too, yep, the, yep. the elite offensive line that's currently committed to Georgia. But Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com.
Um, a couple, there's a couple, I, I'm seeing an ongoing conversation uh, about running back and not getting a running back in this class. Um, and the main thing was that, uh, so I think we need a running back if Jarquez Hunter goes. Do not expect Jarquez Hunter. We expect Jarquez Hunter to be back. Um, Correct. I, I think if, if they had an idea that Jarquez was not going to be back, then they probably would. And, and here's the thing. If I don't know that it would change things, it still might be a, a transfer type guy, even if that, even if that's the case. So if that's the case and running back's a spot where you say, okay, well, let's jump in. And speaking of jumping in, there he is. Malcolm Simmons. What's, what's up, up, Malcolm? What's up? What's up? Yeah, Jason, you just brought it up. Jumping in. Uh, Malcolm can jump out of any gym that he's in. Uh, yeah, he's a, basketball tonight or on off night? Off night. Off night. Yeah, Malcolm, you were, uh, when we're talking about the class, you're kind of, you're our go to when we say the best athlete in the class. You've done it um, on the basketball court. You've done it in track as a state champion. You've obviously done it in football and you've done it at, a lot of different spots in football. You've done it at receiver. You've done it at running back. You've done it at DB. You've done it at punter too. You're an all-state punter. I think that's something that people at Auburn are kind of excited about as well. Um, talk about your journey to get to Auburn and just how this process has kind of been. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't easy. It was a long process, and I just had to trust the process and trust what Coach Davis and Coach Reeves were telling me, and that's what I did. And now I'm Auburn Tiger. You, you waited and were patient for a long time, and that's not something that is easy. Um, but they kept telling you, hey, we're, we're there. We're there. We're almost there. And you, you gave Auburn the opportunity to get there. Um, what was it about this staff that, that allowed you to go, hey, I believe what they're telling me. I'm going to trust them that, that, that they are going to see it. What was it about them? Um, them – them keeping it real with me, they never uh, changed anything. The same thing the first time they told me, they was telling me the second time and in the times after that. So I knew them were the uh, coaches I wanted to play for. What about Coach Davis has has made? I mean, he he's had such a obviously you look at the the wide receiver class coming in, but he feels like a guy that really connects. Did was there a connection for you guys, and was was that a big big part of things for you? Oh yes, sir. Um, knowing that he could, he played for Auburn, and and was on that uh the championship team, it's a dream come true to play for a coach like that. And he's giving back to us, and he know what he needs to give to us so we can make it to the next level or be successful at Auburn, so we can make it to the next level. So, so yeah, I seen that connection and going to see other receiver coaches. They 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 weren't talking how he was talking and. I felt like Coach Davis is a coach I can play for, and I felt like he, a coach that's going to push me to get the best out of me. Malcolm, how much fun is it knowing that it's you, it's Bryce, it's Perry, it's Cam, maybe something with Ryan Williams as well, but it, you know there's at least four elite high school receivers all coming in at once? Um, It's it's a great feeling that I know we all from Alabama, and I don't have to, I don't have to try to uh, – try to link up with a kid that's out of state when we all in state and man Bryce played in the uh Alabama and uh Mississippi All Star game. So man him man him got a few uh few little plays in what me and him was in together and now it's just time to work with the other two guys and uh see how they play and um and feel they vibe and we'll be clicking when um the first game comes. 
Yeah, a lot. A lot of people might think that man, wide receiver. I want to go where it's just me, and I'm gonna get all the balls thrown my way. But you guys have have said, hey, we want everybody together. Can you describe that mindset for folks that that it's uh, when it's about everybody instead of one guy? Um. Yes. When it's when it's about one person, yeah, the team don't win. Now, when you come to, uh, together as a group. Then you get more things done, and that's what we that's what we did. That's what that's why we there. That's why we had them to come together as a team to get to them to get to them bowl games, to get to the playoffs, to win the national championship. If we don't get it, first two years, you best believe third and fourth year, we're gonna be there. So so yeah, that's why we uh chose Armin to to be a to build a build a strong bond with each other so that we can get to them uh bowl games and national championship hopefully. So we got we got a question here. We've already asked you this question when we were in Hattiesburg. And somebody said, "Do we the race between you, Kane, Perry, and Cam? Um, do people realize how fast Bryce Kane is?" Um, I still I still don't think they know how fast Bryce is. Um, but me, Cam, and me, Cam, and Perry race. I beat them too. So I'm 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 gonna race Bryce probably. I'm not gonna race Ryan. It ain't no point in racing. There's no point in. Being- there's no point in me going out and racing him. Now Bryce, now I I race Bryce. Now um I think when when me and Perry and Cam race, they got me. They got me in the first forty, but the last the last twenty, I pulled away from. Him. But yeah, I believe me and um uh, me and Bryce can't be a good good race, and I want to see Bryce and Ryan race too. That would be a really good race. That yes, would be sir. a good race. Yes, sir. Now Malcolm, we saw that on your uh, on your Instagram live. Um, the video afterwards from you guys racing on Sunday. If y'all are not following Malcolm on Instagram, make sure to do that. It's on the screen. And then on Twitter at Malcolm Simmons zero, make sure that you guys follow him, show him some love. Um, he's been committed to Auburn. What was it? Big cat weekend. And you've been, you've been all the way Auburn ever since. All the way Auburn ever since. Yeah. For you, what's obviously you're playing basketball. You'll, you'll be in, in, in what may early June, something like that. When when what's your focus? And you say, "Hey, this is what I need to do to get prepared to play as a freshman." What's what? What are you focusing on? Um, learning the playbook and learning, learning how things go down there, Robin. Um, that's all. The me adapting fast and getting down there because I I normally do that anyway. I normally uh, go like when I went when I left Benjamin Russell my tenth grade year to go to Jonesboro. I went down there and adapted to the play put to the play style and the playbook easy. So that's the biggest thing for me going down there. Learning the playbook and learning the style of art, and I'll be good. Malcolm, talk a little bit about this 2024 class. Y'all have built pretty tight knit group. Y'all have that group chat always rolling. Really haven't lost too much of anybody out of the class in terms of keeping everybody together. Keep all the receivers together. Walker has been one of the vocal leaders of the class. Just talk about the relationship that y'all have built already before even getting together on campus. Um, like I said, them games during this season, we go to the games, we talk and just getting to know each other and building, building the brotherhood. Like I said, as long as we come and bond this one, there's no, there's no way we, we should lose the game when all of us out there clicking, we all on the same page. And, and that's really, that's really what it's about. You and your future teammates on the same page. If some, if one person off, 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 off track, then, he could throw the whole. He could throw the rest of the team off track. So that's that's really what it is. Us being being in group chats before and talking about how we're gonna do and what we're gonna do when we get there. And that's all uh, it's really about. 
getting there and, and bonding with each other and winning games. Malcolm, now that you've gotten to know all these guys, if you can pick anybody, who do you want to be your roommate when you get to Auburn? Um, I probably I probably have room with Amon, Amon Lane, probably probably okay. make room with each other because I think me and him are coming down at the same time since he uh standard uh do track, so so probably me and Amon, and if it ain't me and Amon, then ooh I don't know. Could be you and Perry. Y'all are both yeah. getting there in the summer. Me and Perry, but yeah yeah it's gonna be hard. It's between between them two, between them two. Okay, um, Nathan or Jason, any last questions, or do you want to let Malcolm get out of here? Hey, it's been a long day. I know it has, and you probably <laughs> had basketball practice tonight, so we'll let you slide out of here. We appreciate it, Malcolm, and uh, glad to, to drop back in uh, in in Ellic City and, and watch another basketball game here, in, you know, yes. maybe in January. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for having me. Thanks, Malcolm. Thanks, Malcolm. Yes, sir. There we go. Nice little surprise towards the tail end of the show there with Malcolm Simmons joining. For sure. How do you guys how do you guys project his because I, I feel like we talk a lot about the two five stars, obviously. And then Bryce Kane is just speedy slot guy, speedy slot. I mean, that's like it, he he's just such a prototypical I guess, Christian. How would you describe Malcolm's role in terms of where you would see him fitting in as a, as a college receiver? That's a good question because he can do all of it pretty well. Yep. He can, like I said, he can jump out of the gym. He won the state title in the high jump and the long jump. He, look, go to Malcolm's Twitter, find some of the videos of him dunking in basketball. He could probably win a dunk contest in the NBA right now. Or, Jason, punting. or punting a football. Yeah, that too. I'm just telling you, I, I've said it and I, I stand on it. I, I think before Malcolm Simmons is done, he is going to, to punt multiple times at Auburn. I don't know if he'll be the everyday punter. But I, I think he could be a punter and 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 do things. And we, as it's like I said, we talked to a high school coach who said, "Hey, the thing that we prayed for when Malcolm Simmons was punting was a good snap. You didn't pray for a bad snap. You prayed for a good snap because you did not want him running around with it. Um, and so and that and we didn't want to rush anybody. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, he he's a guy that that one of those guys you pick up anything, then you go, yeah, he could probably do it. And, and that's just who he is. He's just a he, he's not designated. He's not quite as tall as a guy like a Cam Coleman or a Perry Thompson, but he can play outside, especially yep. with his jumping ability. And he's got enough speed that he can play inside as well. Maybe a, maybe like a Caleb Burton in the sense that he can slide in and out a little bit. Very different players and play styles. He, yes. but he is, he is more Percy Harvin type, stop and start, change direction. And he's got the speed. But he's he is more of that guy that every time he catches it, he looks like he's a punt returner. That's that's what he does. Right. And so so yeah, much different than a, he's not a straight line guy. Now, he can run straight lines, but he's a guy that can, can make people miss. Yeah. Superb athlete as well, like like Christian said. We saw Walker came for that one camp over the summer and Christian showed him a video of what was it? Was it Malcolm throwing a, a off off the backboard to himself? Yeah, it was when he bounced it up to himself on kind of a fast break, which yes. we also <laughs> The first time Jason, well, first time I got to see him play basketball, within the first five minutes, it was actually against Demarcus Riddick. Right. He steals the ball and he bounces it up to himself and dunks it. Just an insane athlete. He is, yeah. without a doubt, in my mind, the best overall athlete in this class. And that's you going to give him the superlative for it, Christian? Yes, yes, that is the superlative yeah, yeah, for Malcolm. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's yeah. There's there's a lot to like, and it's a yeah. Uh, it's a fun group and lots of lots of potential when you start talking about these guys. 
Uh, we'll roll through the. We'll continue rolling through the class here real quick and just touch on these guys. Uh, Demarcus Riddick, you just mentioned him, Christian, the f- sort of fringe five star guy. He's a high. He's a high four star linebacker that they flipped from Georgia in the summer. He's already on campus. Um, just an absolute freak in, in terms of his open field ability. That's the biggest thing that sticks out with him, Jason. I know you you're interested to kind of see how he develops physically and where he kind of is on the field because he's just he's just a fast linebacker. He's just sort yeah. of a yeah. He's an he, athlete. He, at yeah, I said, that's the thing. You start talking talk about athletes, and there's there's not many that 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 stack up with him either, because he was a pretty good basketball player. This guy that that returned punts um, at Chilton County, they brought they put him in, and, and he ran routes as and and it wasn't like, hey, I'm gonna throw you a screen. They were running deep posts and, and doing that stuff with him. He's running by defensive backs. Um, he's probably a guy that if you lined up, you lined up and said, hey. What do, what do you legit run a forty in? He would be in the the low four fives, I believe. I think he would be that fast. Um, question Maybe. is, is he an inside or an outside? I think probably more of an outside guy because um, he has that. Here's what he does: when you look at him, he has that you know ability. You look like that man. That guy could probably mm-hmm. run and turn corners almost like a motorcycle. Or you think about like he's on a he's on a a curve and, and doing those things because he's so flexible. And so I think that flexibility, long, wiry body, I think he's a guy that probably plays at 235, but he never really looks like he's that big. Sorry, I was shooting a text trying to get a, trying to get someone else here on the show real quick. Uh, yeah, he's just a he's just a really good athlete, a linebacker, and he is someone that is very excited to be rolling as well. Um, yeah, we talked about DJ Barber having a very big confidence um, going in. And Demarcus Riddick was just when we saw him, he was all smiles. He was so excited to be rolling at Auburn. And you know, Jason, I wrote about it earlier today. Him and Joe Phillips, two huge spark plugs for the Auburn class in the 2024 cycle. Joe Phillips got things going in June as Auburn worked behind the scenes to to get him away from you know looked like Auburn was going to get him, and then Georgia had it all but wrapped up pretty much. Then Auburn worked behind the scenes to get him. That sparked that run. Get in Bryce, get in Jalen Crawford, get in DJ Barber, get in Malik Blockton. That got you through June and July a little bit. Then you got Demarcus Riddick just a couple of days before Big Cat Weekend, and we obviously know what Big Cat Weekend yielded not only at the time with guys like Perry and Malcolm Simmons, but later on with DeAndre Carter um, and TJ Lindsay and some of those other guys as well. Yeah, no, I, you look at it, and and Joe Phillips is another one of those guys that uh, I don't think people realize how big he is until you see him, and he's a big kid, um, and uh, a guy that uh, it'll be interesting for me to see how he takes that natural linebacker spot because he hasn't really played it. I mean, you know, last year as a junior, he was kind of an outside guy that that played a little safety, a little linebacker, did those things, and as he grew this year, he became a rush end and actually worked with. Um, former Booker T and, and Auburn walk on and NFL player Willie Whitehead and, you know, became a pass rusher and a guy that had a ton of plays for, for Booker T this year. How does he develop and, and, and take being that linebacker where you're, you know, the good thing is, is this system is not a bunch of read and react as, as Eugene Asante said, we're not standing flat footed a whole bunch. I think that helps Joe Phillips. I think he can attack and do those things. So um, that group of that, that trio of, of, you know, the linebacker position is really good. And then you add Jamonte Waller in that Jack linebacker spot. And man, that's a, that's a fun group of, of versatile guys that can do some different things. 
Yeah, well, Hugh Freeze mentioned it during his press conference today. He said, I would be really hard-pressed to find a team across the country that has a better wide receiver group that they signed and a better linebacker group that they signed, especially when you group in their Jamonte Wallet, the Jack linebacker spot. I think before it's all said and done, yeah, we were talking about Cam Riley a little bit. I, I think Joe Phillips is going to be that guy in the sense that I think you know he may end up sticking here at linebacker, which is where he's practicing in bowl practice. I also think he'll get reps at Jack linebacker and they'll try and split him about as much as possible, you know, as much as he can handle um, as he kind of learns playing in college a little bit. I just think he's so versatile there. And then Jamonte Waller, Jason, this is a guy we've gotten to know really well since January, February, whenever it was that Atlanta camp. Um, and we knew, you know, he was one of our names that we had highlighted going into it. We're like, you know, we want to see this guy. Auburn's offered him. Let's see what's happening. And we saw him and we were like, oh my goodness, this is, this is not the biggest dude here. This is not the most physically impressive dude here, but this is one of the most impressive players on the field rushing the passer here in these different drills. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. I, I, I still remember watching him and going, that's the kind of guy you want if you're Auburn's defense. And I was thinking about kind of how they would like to use it and they want that speed and they want that guy that can, can be versatile and do some of those things. And you're like, man, that's the perfect fit. That's who he is. And we saw Jalen McLeod when healthy this year deliver some of those things for this defense. And so um, now you look and go, you know, and I talked to, to Jamata Waller last night, and he's like, hey, I'm, I love that Jalen McLeod is back. I get to, to kind of walk in those shoes every day. I get to watch him and, and learn how he does it. And, man, he's my size. And it shows you that he can you can do it at my size at the highest of levels. And so um, I love that fit. I, I think he's going to be a – a, just a, a ball player for the Tigers. Yeah, yeah you looked at Waller. I mean, I, in a kind of assessing because it, it, you'd be you'd be hard pressed to not say he's going to be in a really good position to be that backup pass rusher for McLeod this year. And that's what Freeze was kind of saying is that he can sort of play behind Jalen McLeod this season. Uh, T.J. Lindsay is a guy Christian. I was talking to you about him today. Um, definitely projects as a defensive end um, type of player. For them, uh, he's a he's a really good athlete out of uh, out of the state of Florida. A guy that you've been you've been high on for a while and have, have been have been watching his game. What do you see out of TJ Lindsay? Yeah, I'll never forget the first time we saw TJ Lindsay. So you know, figured out that he was taking that official visit. I want to say the first weekend in June, early in June, whatever it was. Didn't really know a whole lot about him going into that, besides the fact that Auburn had offered him. Uh, he had an older profile picture on his twenty four seven page. I don't think his height and weight had even been updated as well. Um, And not necessarily the highest ranked guy. So we just didn't think too much of it. Didn't know too much about him. Just weren't really sure. Um, And we were waiting um, to be able to talk with him afterwards um, and getting eyes on him. Oh my goodness. That is a defensive lineman that is very, very impressive when you see him, uh, when you see him in person, that that's a guy who I think is, pretty underranked in terms of what he's been able to do at the high school level, especially once he transferred over to IMG Academy um, and played really at the highest level as a senior. This is a guy that Auburn really liked. This is a guy that Texas really liked. And Texas recruits the defensive line really as well as anybody. Um, So if you're holding off Texas to get a defensive lineman, Bo Davis, the defensive line coach there um, with the Texas Longhorns, you feel pretty good about where you're getting. Um, When you pair up a guy – when you pair up TJ with a guy like Malik Blockton, who we had on to start the show, you feel pretty good about 
the future of the defensive line, especially when you had a guy like Amaris Williams um, here on signing day on Wednesday, Jason. Sorry, I'm just answering a question on the other side of things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I really like the addition of both those guys when you start talking about it. We obviously Malik Lockton's guy we've already talked to, and you look at his his ability. But you look at uh, Amaris Williams. It, it, you know, we watched him, and if people have not gone and watched it, um, just just do a, just do Amaris Williams huddle uh, his his updated huddle link. Yeah. Um, this year, Clinton, yeah. where he's playing running back at 260 pounds and he's running away from guys and running over. It looks like, uh, you know, it looks, you know, like um, a man among boys. Uh, and he's just turned 17 years old and he's a guy that weighed 225 pounds, you know, less than a year ago. I I don't know where he's going to wind up playing and how, how big he's going to be, but I have a feeling that he's going to be a guy that weighs 285 to 290 and probably plays more of a three technique by the time he's done. And you, but but he's he's got you know long legs he's got long levers as as you, know, you free said today and T.J. Lindsey really had a strong season physical um, and so I, I don't know I, I think it's an intriguing group when you start talking about it because of of the pieces you have and you have guys that can all play a big defensive end but maybe be able to slide inside and, and do some pass rush stuff just kind of what we saw from Keldrick Falk this year. All of a sudden, you look at those three guys with a Keldrick Falk and with a DJ Reed, and now you look and go, that's five guys that have that similarity of all the 290, athletic enough to rush the passer, but bigger bodies. And you start thinking, okay, maybe put three of those guys on the field at the same time and then have a true pass rusher. Um, still big enough to hold up against a run, but but create a little bit more pressure from, from that interior defensive line, uh, like we saw from Marcus Harris this year. Yeah, so I think we know why Bryce has blown us off. Here he is on Instagram currently golfing. Uh, <laughs> he's got doing like the virtual golf. So yeah, he, he's probably out at Bunkers. I guess the new new uh, new spot in Auburn. Is that the one in Tigertown? No, it is. Uh, it's right by campus in the bottom of Uncommon, oh, that apartment yeah, complex. I know, I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. So 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 Bryce has a Bryce has a legitimate uh, a legitimate excuse. Another guy who's going to be practice. He did not. We didn't see him on the practice field today. Um, we did see him moving in today, um, right. filling out paperwork and stuff while we were getting ready for Hugh Freeze's press conference. Yeah, fun so. stuff. He was, yeah, he was doing all the he was doing all the stuff that people don't see when you make your big signing and everybody's excited. They don't see the sitting in front of a computer going through all that stuff for hours. Um, yeah, we talked. So we talked about the defensive line. Yeah, the Amaris Williams thing. I hadn't seen it before today. Jason showed it to me. Uh, he just looks like a jumbo sized running back. Like he carries the ball really well. And, um, he had like what 600 yards and 12 touchdowns or whatever. So as a senior, while while playing both ways, and he had 34 tackles, 20 tackles for loss, and 12 sacks, playing both ways. Yeah. So just just an insane, um, an insane athlete there along the defensive line. Let's see if there anybody we talked about the offensive linemen. Go through the receivers. We've touched on all of them. Um, I want to. Well, we haven't touched on all of them. I, I want to talk just for a second because we sort of glossed over them. But the 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 two five star receivers. Um, we've talked ad nauseum about these guys because Cam Coleman is the number three overall recruit in program history. Perry he's Thompson, number two now. He got moved up after his ranking update. So is he above? He's above Derek Brown now. Yes. Okay. So it's only Byron Cowart who's rated higher than him, and then Perry Thompson, also you know, five star, one of the best players in the country. You mentioned Christian, another guy who kind of got the ball, kind of got the ball rolling there, and gave them some really big momentum in the summer. Just. 
from what you guys have observed of watching these guys in person, obviously they are five-star talents, but for everybody watching and everybody listening, how would you describe their skill sets and what they're going to bring to the field aside from their talent? Because everybody knows they're going to be talented. When these guys are actually playing football in the offense, in the system, how do you see them sort of translating to the college level and, and kind of what are their differences? Cause I think people see, you know, and I, I'm excluded from that. They see five, but they see six foot three, six foot four. Yep. They just sort of assume it's like a big, you know, jump ball, you know, superb athlete kind of guy. I know specifically Perry Thompson and his kind of ability in the screen game and, and, and whatnot. He has been, you know, they're, they're dynamic players in a lot of different ways. I guess, Jason, I'll start with you. What are kind of the differences between them? Yeah. Perry Thompson, if, if you saw him, you might think he's a, he's an outside linebacker. And then when you see him play, you go, man, he's got running back skills. That that's the thing. You know, he's a guy that can catch the ball, but you look at him and, and he can absolutely fly for a guy that's, you know, probably I would guess six three, two fifteen to two twenty. He may not be quite that big. He might be maybe two ten, but he's a big physical body wise, broad shoulder guy. So when you watch him, you see you're right. You see, you know, yards after the catch, um, physical, tough runner a guy that is going to be tough to bring down in the open field. I mean, that that's the guy I see there, but he can also take it and, and run away from you. Um, Cam, I've, I've come back to, you know, A.J. Green for a long time, and I'm going to stick with that comparison. Cam looks like the classic receiver, but he gets – and Christian, Christian uh, he gets sold short a little bit on his, yard, his run after the catch too. Because um, you think about him being the guy that just goes up and high points the ball and he catches the ball in traffic. Um, he can make plays with his legs and run. He is a much better athlete in terms of yards after the catch and his running ability than people might give him credit for. Yeah, Jason, Cam is a guy that we've gotten to know really well over the past couple of years. You were there when Cam really started practicing with the varsity team at Central. Um, I think that was right before I joined on here at Auburn Undercover, but you went out there and we've told this story on here before, but Patrick Nix said, I've got an NFL receiver for you. He's right over there, and he's Cam Coleman. Yeah. And you know, we saw flashes of it as a junior, and then the light bulb really turned on when they played IMG Academy, played the best of the best. Cam had that crazy catch where he caught the slant, broke about 10 different tackles. Yeah, yeah, he, and, yeah a couple of them twice. Yeah, and he, he fought his way down to the one-yard line, ha- had a couple other catches in that game as well. Um, and then then it all clicked for him. Then he fully, fully started to realize who he is and who he can be. I don't think that was proper grammar there, but it's been a long day. We've been up since 5 a.m. But just an incredibly talented jump ball receiver, really good speed. The thing I will always go back to when you're talking about yards after the catch, now that I'll think about is after that state title game where he he has that 73-yard touchdown and he beats Anquan Fagans, the really highly rated um, DB in 2025 who was on campus at Auburn this weekend. And then he outruns Caleb Harris, Auburn's uh, safety signee now in 2024. That's something that'll always stick with me. And then in terms of in terms of Perry Thompson, people always compare Cam Coleman to AJ Brown for a former Hugh Freeze guy. I think Perry Thompson is AJ Brown because yeah. I think AJ Brown's specialty. I think Perry will will continue to progress. I think he's already really good at the jump ball and those kind of contested catches. But Perry's specialty right now, and it's something that I think A.J. Brown leads the NFL in terms of yards after catch right now, that's Perry's specialty. A man that big playing receiver, when we, well, that, you know, we saw him play, he's elusive. 
he yeah. was he was dipping a tackle every time. He was juking guys out. He's so much better catching a slant and taking it for another 15 yards than you may think that he is. I, I think he's AJ Brown all the way. Um, and you know, in terms of optics, in terms of winning his recruitment, Jason, without a doubt, for my signee superlatives, he's not. Cam is the highest rated. Perry is the most important recruit and the most important win for Auburn recruited in the 2024 class in my mind, and it's not particularly close. Yeah, because of when it happened and because of how it happened, it really helped. It, it did. It gave it a, a different feel. It really did. Um, and, and you know, I, I think uh, when you start talking about the ability for him to make those plays and do those things, um, I think for different reasons. I think for this class – his his kind of kick started the really this finish. I think for Auburn football, Cam Coleman to get in Central Phoenix City was a big deal. I, I think that's that that's something I mean, you know, we've talked about it, you know, as we've gone to watch games and we've probably seen Central play seven or eight times in the past two years. Yeah. Um and every time we'd be on the sidelines and somebody would come up and go, and who's who's the last player Auburn got from Central Phoenix City? And you got to go John Broussard. It was you know eight nine years ago. Okay, before that Jonathan Wallace. Okay, before that you start going back and you go. It's the last you know guy that was a difference maker player that came out of Central Phoenix City. And you go Ed King and James Joseph. I mean those are guys that played for Coach Die in in the, in the late eighties. To be able to go in and get a guy like Cam Coleman out of Central Phoenix City. And we know what's there. Um, we know that Dalen Upshaw and Mal Waltrip and Tristan Lyles and what that that's one that people just go ahead and hang a star by Tristan Lyles because we just talked about Jamonta Waller. It's a, this is a kid that has very similar skill set and can really play for a sophomore at Central Phoenix City. But um, I don't know. It's uh, I think the importance of getting in that school and having a guy like that committed and then you know Dylan Gentry walking on with him, uh teammate. That's something that could pay dividends for years down the road. And it's been a long time coming for Auburn. Yeah, well it's two schools, two powerhouse schools that Auburn has really struggled to recruit over the past couple of years that Auburn gets back in. Caleb Harris at Thompson, Cam Coleman at Central Phoenix City. We'll see what happens with AJ Harris, the transfer cornerback well, as well. So get back in Mobile with, with Bryce Kane and, and and Foley, obviously the, the Mobile area for with Perry as well. So there's yep. When you when you make recruiting the state of Alabama a focus, then you start to do some of the things that we saw this year. Uh, to answer the question, Nathan, that you put up from uh, Orion, can the wide receivers block? Perry loves blocking. Perry takes pride in being aggressive and blocking, um, putting guys on the ground. That is something that he definitely takes pride in. I can't tell you really about the other guys as much. I honestly just don't I, know. I, I know. But. I know that you know you're Cam Coleman and you play for Patrick Nix, then you're going to have to have blocked before. Um, Benjamin Russell runs the football, Bryce. I mean, here's the thing about it. Do they block as well as they will need to in the Southeastern Conference? No, because they're in high school. I don't know that a high school receiver I've ever seen that did that. Not that, not one that was on this level. Or do they have the mindset? We just heard Malcolm Simmons say, hey, we want it to all be together because we want to win. If you do that, then they'll learn to block and they'll be okay. Yeah, and of course, it all comes back to Marcus Davis as being uh, one of the more one of the most important assistants that that Hugh Freeze brought on. 
I mean, it's it's paid that connection. We heard Malcolm talk about it, and that's something that's been referenced by a few different recruits. Nathan, he, he is. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Go. Yeah. You know, go ahead, Christian. No, I was just going to say, looking at the twenty four seven Sports recruiter rankings, Fran Brown is number one who is still credited for some of those Georgia guys before he left for Syracuse and also credited for some of the Syracuse guys as well. He has seven commitments. Holloman Wiggins over at Alabama is number two. He has nine commitments. Number three, Marcus Davis with his four wow. commitments. Number four, Jason Taylor with five guys. Number five, Donovan uh, Riola at Nebraska with six guys. Number six, six guys. The next guy with four guys is Trey Scott at number eight. So Marcus Davis is far and above in terms of the number of guys that he's responsible for. Yep. Really, really high up there in the recruiter rankings. And I wanted to and I wanted to just mention really quickly, um, you know, the receivers have been getting so much attention and this receiving class has been getting so much attention. Um, and I'm I'm glad Hugh Freeze pointed out the linebackers today because on the defensive side of the ball, that's also a group that you feel like can be you look at some of the elite teams in the country. They have they have those guys who can fill gaps really quickly at linebacker. But Christian, me and you were talking today about somebody that we know at 24-7 um, that is in the scouting department and who has, who has worked with major college programs before. And he was talking about when he arrived at, at a major college program. And he said the very first order of business at this program, at a Power 5 program, the very first order of business in terms of roster building was get the wide receiver room a lot better. And his his reasoning was, look, that's for your offense, biggest thing, biggest thing that can make a change. And so, again, it goes back to we had some people in here talking about Peyton Thorne, how he's pretty much got no excuses. You know, these guys are going to be freshmen. So, so let's obviously have a caveat there. But it is the biggest step. And, that, and that's what Hugh Freeze talked about today. He said it feels like when they got those good receivers, it feels like when they got an A.J. Brown there at Ole Miss, just because, Jason, that's. As you know, looking at the best programs in the country, we're about to watch them in the playoff. You have to have dudes who can make plays on the outside. And you look, it may not be this season that they're lighting the world on fire, but, but Auburn knows that they had to they had to do something like this. And Marcus Davis took it to the extreme, and, and heck, they might not even be done yet. Yeah, no, I, I think you know, you start talking about. I mean, you got to have offensive line, and they've done a, a good job of of, of doing that. Uh, you don't have to have a bunch of NFL offensive linemen to be good enough to win, but you got to have a bunch of NFL wide receivers to be good enough to win, in my opinion, to win it, to go out and win a national championship and to be in a playoff contention because that's where right now um, you can run a football and go say, hey, we can go run it, and you can run it and run it and run it. But my guess is that's what Michigan has done all season long, and that ain't going to be enough to score a bunch of points against Alabama. Um, you got to have some guys outside that can make plays and – you need to have guys that can turn an eight-yard game into an 80-yard game. That's how you overcome issues on offense. That's how you overcome when you go like, okay, do I have a quarterback that can drive it you know, 80 yards down the field? Um, we saw one of those guys at Tennessee. They had issues throwing the football because they lost a couple of NFL wide receivers. Um, it, it goes hand in hand. It, and we've seen it, whether it be at Alabama, we've seen it in the NFL and, and all over the place. Um, you know, I, I keep going back to – you know, the Miami Dolphins have been lighting up everybody. Tyreek Hill goes out for two series, and, and they look like, you know, the Dolphins from four years ago. It just that quickly. Um, it shows you the importance of having those guys outside. And, and Auburn went and got them. We'll see how quickly they can get ready to go and turn into those guys. Um, but you're giving yourself a chance. 
Yeah, let's. Uh, we already got a chance to talk with them, but last guy um, that signed today, not counting transfers, Walker White, Auburn's quarterback, the leader of the class. It's fair that we we finished with him. He was really the first big big win in terms of the 2024 class for Auburn. Jason, it it did not feel like Auburn would have enough time to be able to get Walker White. Clemson had been recruiting him for a really long time. Some of those other schools had been recruiting him for a really, really long time. Hugh Freeze and Auburn had been recruiting him for about six weeks. They got him on campus for one visit. Um, he visits Clemson last. Usually if a kid visits somewhere last, it kind of is is tough to beat. Um, and you know, we had him on the podcast earlier this year, and he said that in the Clemson Hotel was when he decided that it was Auburn for him. He just had that feeling that it was Auburn. You can't say there's not enough words for Walker White being a recruiter and being a guy that's a vocal leader of the class. He's exactly what you want out of a quarterback. He has totally taken command of being the guy and wanting to be the guy. Driving down for different events, driving down just just to camp at Auburn, just to spend time with Bryce Kane and Malcolm yeah. Simmons and the coaching staff and everything, making custom sweatshirts with <laughs> other recruits' names. You know, Walker has been the true leader of the class without a doubt, and he's got a lot of really good tools as a quarterback as well. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, is that this is not a kid that grew up coming to Auburn football games and going to Auburn games and wanting to play at Auburn. This is a kid that grew up going to Arkansas games, watching the Hogs, <laughs> and and wanting to play at Arkansas. And and I mean, his entire family. I mean, this is an Arkansas family, but he found something at Auburn he was looking for. Um, but yeah, Hugh Freeze and and this staff and, and Philip Montgomery and, and and everybody involved. Um, this was one that. We've talked about, you know, what it what it takes. It takes an all-in effort for a group of guys that it's immediately when they got on campus, it wasn't two days later. Okay, looks like they found their guy, and their guy was Walker White, and they never wavered from that. And they're like, okay, this is our guy. This is who we want. Um, they had done enough, you know, legwork, and obviously – you know, they've been at Liberty, and so you, you're, you're recruiting those guys, and you, you're probably at Liberty. They're going, I don't know if we'll ever get to that guy, but if we get somewhere we can, that's the guy we want. When they got to Auburn, they already had it. It was going. They were working on it, and they went and got their guy, and we know why. I mean, we've seen him play, but more importantly, we I mean, we just talked to him. We, we've, we've, we've talked to him a bunch. We've been in, we've been in their house. Um, Waffles at 10. Waffles at 10 or 11.30 or midnight or whatever time it was. They, this is the kind of guy that we heard Cam talk about it. We've heard other guys talk about it that you go, okay, you know, no matter what, it, you know, maybe he doesn't have a great game. Maybe he, he doesn't throw for 5,000 yards. What he's going to do is he's going to get – everybody's going to be on the same page, and he's going to be that guy that's a leader and – He's already shown that in the recruiting process. And so um, looking forward to watching him develop um, because the one thing about it, he loves to play the game. And we saw that whether it was seven on seven in Hoover this summer, a hot night where we got delayed because it was so hot uh, to watch a game that they said, hey, we're not going to start till eight o'clock uh, in Little Rock. So looking forward to, to watching Walker and see what he does. Yeah, that's that stuck out to me in a big way, what Cam Coleman said. Um, and really just at every turn. And look, we've, we've talked to him a bunch of times and it is just that, I mean, I've talked, we've talked to him on campus several times. 
Um, me and Jason look up in the stands at, at toward the end of the game in Fayetteville. That's I'm like, I'm like that guy looks like Walker White. <laughs> I, I've, been texting, I've been texting with him, and and I was like, "Hey, are you here?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm sitting up here above the band." And I'm like, "Okay." And I look up, and he's you know sitting about five rows behind the Arkansas band, and then toward the end of the game, he's like, "Yeah, do you think I can get down there?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know." And he tries to come down to stadium security, and I'm like. Guys, there ain't nobody left here but about 50 people in the student section. You can let that guy walk down here to the rail and he'll be okay. And they yeah. finally let him come down. I'm getting the picture um, that, Jason, that you got because that's one of my favorite pictures in the entire cycle. It's that one that's the picture of uh, Demarcus Riddick and Perry Thompson together because those two were so crucial. But this picture is so funny to me, and it's so it's so Walker after the game. Let's see. I think I've got it here pulled up. One got to make it a PDF. Person, yep, you know. I did that. Don't you worry. Um, in order to put it in here. There it is. There we go. Yep. Not that's enough. yeah, that is one of my favorite pictures of the whole entire cycle. That's, it just that's some, that's some meme material, if I if I do say so. I was actually funny you say that. If I was not extremely tired before the show, I was gonna make a uh, a little little chat bubble of him yelling uh that you know he's he's on the he's on the show tonight, but, <laughs> yeah, but I was, I was too tired and I, I took a little There's bit still of time, time off. before I post the podcast in the morning. That's a good point. There's Will still. I do that? Probably not, but yeah. everyone that's watching live and watching later can appreciate the picture that Jason got of Walker. What I was, the thing about like what I was saying was like it, it never seems like, and, and, and we talk about this aspect of Walker because that, that quarterback leadership, it is just so important and there's no way around it, especially for a guy who feels like a building block for the first full class under Hugh Freeze, um, never just always gracious with, with his time. And whenever I just never felt like I was annoying Walker, just saying, Hey, it's not, I don't, I don't really feel like we ask a lot of him in the first place, but um, he's always just been really, really great um, with all of us. And you see that connection happen with the players as well. And, uh, and yeah, that what, what stuck out to me about what Cam Coleman said about, he was always making sure that he was good, even when he was committed um, to Texas A&M, he was keeping that relationship going, um, and just that lots of positivity and lots of confidence for him too. Look, this is a guy who who knows he's a good quarterback, um, who wants to come in here. He knows that this year, obviously, he's comfortable with this year, knowing there's already two guys um, that have been in the system. Me and Christian were talking about it today, though. 2025 quarterback battle. I just sort of once once pen was to paper, and it was like Walker White's officially going to be here. The the White versus Garner in, in 2025, that, and Hank that, Brown too. And yeah, and Hank Brown as well. Like that, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really looking forward to what that means for the offense because looking at Walker White, I mean, it's not just the leadership skills. That game you guys went to was one of the craziest throws I've ever seen a high school quarterback yeah. make at the beginning of that game. So yeah, I mean, he's got the arm talent too. Yep, I got got everything you're looking for. Like I said, now it's just a matter of kind of fitting fitting into the offense, and um, you know, there's a lot there. There's a lot more pieces to fit in this offense. Uh, starting next fall than, than we've seen in quite a while. Uh, a lot of them are going to be young, uh, inexperienced, but there's a lot more pieces to fit in, and that's uh, that's exciting to see. Uh, there's a couple more. I put in the chat that we're about to close up, and so there's a couple more questions. It looks like there's really only two that we wanted to get to. Um, asking about A.J. Harris. Jason, I think a lot of people have sort of latched onto him as a transfer candidate when he was on campus. Um, a guy that Auburn obviously was able to get to campus really quickly, a guy that they felt like they had a chance with here in the transfer portal. Um, I guess just what's the latest from from him, Jason, that that you've heard? Yeah, not a whole lot. He is he is a really quiet guy, always yeah. has been a quiet guy. Um, 
not really a you know a whole lot of media stuff from him and uh, i remember probably other than you know hey you got a couple of pictures uh, when i've watched him pay that's about the extent of of a whole lot of things and of course he was headed to georgia so there wasn't a whole lot to be quite honest there was very little auburn traction for him but but i go watch central play and give him a couple of pictures here there and you know, some of those things and so um so he's been really quiet I think that's a guy that Auburn would would obviously love to, to add to this group because he's still got you know you know an entire career left to play. He's experienced for a year, but he's 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 a different type of guy. He's not the long, lean body, but he's also he is a he's a long guy, but he ain't he's not lean. He's a physical. This is a 190 195 pound DB that looks like a guy that you get, and he and he was he was a really good running back at Glenwood too. He looks like a guy that you could play at running back, and, and he'd fit right in. And that you, you have a guy like that that can play in the secondary, that can run, and he's a legit four-four guy. Then, then it gives you a lot of options. So, I still think Auburn is is right there. Um, here's the thing about it, AJ Harris that people may need to understand: he may not say anything, and he may show up and and enroll in school and start in January, and nobody will ever know. Yeah, like I mean, we went the Duke transfer today. That for I, I could I could very well see that happening with AJ Harris going. Hey, I'm in. I don't need anybody to know it, and we're fine. And so I, it could be that simple for a guy like that. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I don't I don't really have much else to add. I no, I was, no, you bailed me out, Christian. I was slow to the unmute <laughs> button. Um, the other one that just this is the only other thing that really has been brought up here is uh, what transfers is Auburn looking at and at what positions. We we kind of glossed over this when we were talking about the three transfer guys so far. Uh, Peyton Thorne actually mentioned it this week. He said he expects them to bring in another transfer receiver. That's not a surprise. We sit here and we talk about these guys. They're still really young. Um, bring in another transfer receiver. Lines of scrimmage. Look, the offensive line, we talked about it. It's a bit of a board shakeup there. And uh, we saw some new offers start to go out over the last few days as they obviously analyzed that. We're in a dead period in terms of visits. Um, but guys, guys can still enter the portal. Guys can obviously commit during this time too. We're just not going to see a lot of visits for them. Defensive line as well, maybe another guy, um, because you feel like you need some difference makers there with with Marcus Harris gone. They filled the gap at linebacker, defensive back. They're in a position, Jason, where I feel like they're not they're not they they don't need somebody. They're not scrambling for a superstar. That they like their game plan now with with Keontae Scott and feeling like Laquan Robinson can maybe be. You still, a, got, you still got Donovan Kaufman back. You, and you, you still got, got Kaufman and Nickel Stanley, JD yeah. Rim. But they have been looking for guys like Harris and some safeties too. I think that would be a guy. Yes. Um, the thing I look at at wide receiver is with that Ron White. I mean, with Ron Williams cared hanging out there. Yeah. You start going okay. You, you get a six, then that would be seven. Then also, I I, I won't be surprised if I say, hey, let's see what happens with Ryan Williams. Yeah. If, if you don't if you don't get that guy, and that's the guy you really want, then you go, hey, let's let's see if we can bring another transfer in. And I think I mean, that he's just so valuable. I don't know that you risk doing that for us for to bring in another guy. Um, offensive line, that's going to be the one I think now moving forward. Uh, no matter what happens with um, favorite Edwin they're going to look for another guy to come in and play. And we mentioned Joshua Miller earlier that I was offered today, the Georgia transfer. There'll be a few more of those guys. Uh, was UCLA transfer last night, uh, interior offensive lineman that played at Purdue before that. There'll be There's the USC guys. transfer as well. USC transferred from a couple of days ago. So there'll be a few of those guys. And, you know, there's guys that can take visits the first weekend in January, I believe. 
Right. I think it's the third through like the seventh or something like a, that. They yeah. have a visit window weekend in early January where guys could still then get in school and, and, and start up the next semester. So I would look for that to potentially be a rather interesting weekend for Auburn, especially for offensive line guys. Yeah. And like you said, like you said, with the receiver, we might have been talking about this before we got rolling. They have, I mean, they've got time. The transfer, the transfer process is not as pressing, cut and dry. Got to get in here. Um, it's really sort of an ongoing thing all the way until the summer when you can start to get guys in there um, because they're not freshmen starting college. They're, they're obviously bringing their credits over. And so um, I think we can call it there. You guys have been going for almost an hour. We, we absolutely can. Um, <laughs> I can see you. I, you guys are, I, I, I know are, are getting a little tired. Having, yeah. Having and I was working on, on Dorian Mousy. He's, he was trying to attempt to get on with us. Um, hoping to be able to reach him tonight at some point. Uh, but I was hoping to, to drop in here and let everybody get a chance to see him and talk to him a little bit. Um, but he was he was on the road. So hopefully be able to get up with him tonight and have something on him for tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, folks, we'll, we'll wrap it up. But we've we got a lot more things to, to talk about from this class and moving forward uh, in the next few days. We have so much stuff. We have so much stuff on the way just for tomorrow alone coming to AuburnUndercover.com. So if y'all are just watching this on YouTube, if y'all are just listening to our podcast and you've never been over there, over there, definitely come check us out. I think it's a 60% off annual sale right now around the holidays, maybe 50% off. It's somewhere around there, uh, but you can definitely get yourself a deal right here around Christmas and the holidays to take advantage of all the content that we're putting out. Look, the transfer portal is going to be rolling we're going to start hitting 2025. I mean, we already have quite a bit, but we're going to start doing that. We've let's, got to, let's go ahead and uh, throw in a little basketball recruiting tomorrow, too. How about that? There you go, too. Yeah, because there were some guys on campus this past weekend, and you got a chance to talk with them, some five stars. So That is a teaser right there, folks. That's what we call that. from In the profession, <laughs> which I'm not very good at, but we'll try it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I mean we've got we've we've been enjoying it. Uh, signing day is crazy, as always. Um, but you two gentlemen have done an excellent job, and uh, we've had a bunch of we've had a bunch of great stuff over on the site. Yeah, Paul says we need more need more round ball basketball season. About to kick into high gear. It already has kicked into high gear. They played ten games. Um, I'll have some basketball coverage going this week as well. And like Jason said, have some basketball recruiting um, tomorrow. Yeah, Christian. I was just going to get in one more thing. Just. Thank you to everybody that hopped on the show in terms of signees that hopped on. Thank yeah. you to everyone else that signed as well, even the guys that didn't hop on the show. We've interviewed all these guys. We've talked with all these guys. They've all been absolutely fantastic. It's been a really, really fun class to cover. Everybody's been really great. Um, so appreciate all of them. Congrats to all of them, obviously, whether they signed with Auburn or signed elsewhere. Um, it's just been it's been a fun year in recruiting. Um, and you know, Hugh Freeze mentioned it as press conference today. Shout out to all the people behind the scenes at Auburn that do a ton of work as well. Guys like AK Magula, Ethan Johnson, Kennedy, uh, Bianca, Zaria, uh, T. Reed, the GAs, guys like Vontrell King Williams, people that don't get enough credit. Hugh Freeze mentioned the pilots for in home yeah, visits. There's, there's a whole lot of people in the recruiting process. There, there really are. And so it's a, it is an entire team effort. So, yeah, there's lots of folks that deserve a that deserve right now, right now to already be asleep. Um, yes. That would probably be the thing for them. Uh, hey, let's thank, let's thank the, probably the few thousand people that dropped in tonight too. Yeah, um, sure. That have been we, in yeah. We have been hovering around 600, 700 people this whole time. And so over, I don't know how much that's going to equate to by the time we're 
we're done with it. Uh, it doesn't really apply to Jason because he he keeps the team coverage. Christian, every signing day, do you feel like do you feel a bit like sending sending your your kids off to college? Like, what is that? What is that feeling? I guess, like you said, moving to twenty twenty five of like you know you you get you you develop a good relationship with these guys and and they they enjoy that aspect of things. What's kind of that feeling when it's when it's signing day and you move on to the next class? A little bit, but you know it is it is fun. We saw Bryce at the facility earlier today, like I mentioned, filling out paperwork. So you still get to see these guys around, and then you hope that you get to see them moving on to the next level in the NFL draft as well. You know, we still see we see Camden Brown at the facility all the time, and he was one of the first guys that I covered when I first started doing recruiting. Still a joy to see him all the time. Even these transfer guys that we barely get to know, you know, real quick, real quickly through the process. Guy like Rivaldo Fairweather get to see him a bunch. So. It's fun to see. Uh, it's fun to see these guys grow up a little bit through the process. You know, we talked to Malik Blockton. That's a guy that we've talked to so much over the past couple of years. So we always appreciate getting to talk with him, and again tonight, and get to see those guys take the next step. is It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a fun time. And I, I'll always go back. To, I'll tell the story for you. I always go back to Bryce Kane walking right past Hugh Freeze to you in, in, in the facility that's my guy christian so uh yeah it's it's uh you know i only get obviously a little bit of it but it's it, it's a it's a joy to to get these relationships um with them and see what they do now at auburn and so um yeah again we really appreciate everybody for tuning in we know this is a hefty hefty show it was last year um we didn't go as off the rails as we did with dukes <laughs> last year um but it was still uh, still a good time obviously with all of those signees so again we are we appreciate them well, and look for the people that are here on the YouTube. We'll tr- we'll do our best to clip this up a little bit, yeah. maybe upload it as smaller videos as well, um, and we'll get that up on the site, obviously as well for our subscribers at Auburn Undercover. So we'll try and clip things up a little bit because we don't expect y'all to listen to a nearly two-hour podcast. But for everyone that was here the whole two hours tonight, really, really appreciate it. I was gonna say there's, there's, there's Christmas drive. There's Christmas driving to be done, and we can get you two hours up the road somewhere. So That's there right. You go. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, so Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, I don't know how many more podcasts we'll have until then, um, but Jason and Christian have been killing it all day and throughout this cycle, so hope everybody has enjoyed. Like Christian said, all kinds of stuff at Auburn Undercover um, this week and, well, for the rest of time because that's what we do for our jobs. So you can always go over there and find Auburn stuff. Um, so thanks so much, everybody, for listening to the show. Go leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts right now if you guys enjoyed it. That would that would be, that'd be freaking awesome. I think we're at like a 4.7 right now which is pretty good. Um, Thank you guys so much again. AuburnUndercover.com for Christian Clemente and Jason Caldwell. We'll catch you guys later. Everybody enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you all soon. Normal. The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves, demons, and now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop, make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount Plus.